I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Life's a puzzle, and we're the pieces. Today, we're going to be talking about Pokemon Puzzle League, which was developed by Nintendo <laughs> Software Technology, uh, published by Nintendo, and was released in 2000 on the N64. Uh, and surprise, it isn't Phasmophobia. Uh <laughs> Yeah, we kind of like forgot about that one and di- didn't schedule <laughs> to yeah. get together to, to record it. What we're going to do is call it a scheduling conflict. Uh, whether or not that conflict was caused by our negligence is not relevant to everybody else. Yeah, so if you're the one person that listens to every episode mm-hmm. and would have noticed that this isn't what we said we were going to do next... Uh, this apology is for you. I mean, there is textual evidence that this is not what we were going to do. Uh-huh. Uh, and anyway, Pokemon Puzzle League, you might be thinking, hey, that's just Tetris Attacks. Why are you talking about this game and not just Tetris Attacks, which is the same game? And we would invite you to shut the fuck up, because we're talking about Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah, and in my experience, at least... Uh, here in the States, I feel like people don't know what Tetris Attack is, <laughs> and they are more likely to have heard of Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah, I mean, it probably depends on a number of factors as to whether or not you're going to be more familiar with one or the other. But to me, like, both of them are kind of ubiquitous. Like, I just kind of know what they both are. Yeah, I mean, they are just the same game. Yeah. But the premise of it is, this is kind of like... This isn't, but to a lot of people, this is the grandfather of match three games. Uh, Like, Tetris Attacks is similar, is called Tetris Attacks for brand recognition reasons, Mm -hmm. because the game itself is not, uh, well, it's similar in the grand scheme of things, Uh but on the, like, nitty gritty level, the mechanics are not really the same. Yeah, I would... The way I was thinking of it is it's like a match three game, like a Bejeweled or a uh, Candy Crush kind of thing, but you add in that element of Tetris where like the pieces rise up the screen. Right. Uh, so there's like a time limit, uh, and you you can match way more than three things. Um, <laughs> well, I think that's true in those games True, as well. yeah, but uh, that's how I would describe it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing... Uh, like if, depending on how much experience you have with match three, this may or may not be come obvious over the course of the thing, but I hate match three games. It's just kind of like in my system to not enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game isn't really exempt from that. Like I don't, the core mechanics of this game are not really that interesting to me and I don't click with them necessarily. Uh-huh. Um, but this was one of those games, like when we were like, well, we got to put something out eventually we can't just continually push episodes until we get people together to actually do the thing Mm -hmm. uh this came up and i was like yeah we can do that one because it's just a game that i played a bunch when i was a kid it was just one of those games uh and a lot of the reason why is because of the pokemon branding on it yep uh i think I do kind of generally like match three games. I'm one of those basic bitches, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, it just kind of like just does it for me for whatever reason. Um, but this is the only one I've ever gotten like super into, and I also think it's because of the Pokemon like uh, license mm-hmm. that's uh, just kind of airbrushed over it. <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy how 
effective that was on me as a kid. Because, like, I wouldn't... If this had, like, was just Tetris Attack or Paddle Pond or whatever, <laughs> uh, it's called in Japan, um, I, I probably... I would have played it, like, a couple of hours and probably never touched it again. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because it isn't that the game is bad. It's not like this style of game isn't good. The evidence by how popular some of them end up being. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Bejeweled and Candy Crush, which are probably the two most successful examples, but probably largely because of the platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both of them were available, like, Bejeweled was available on smartphones, or on cell phones prior to the smart revolution yeah i associate it with like junior high computer class Mm. like people playing it uh so i i I always thought it was one of those games that just came like pre-installed on right on computers but it is actually a proprietary pop cap yeah sort of thing uh so there is a there's a history of these games being popular uh, uh among people outside of like the normal video game space it's Mm -hmm. just something that's simple to pick up and play and it has the same sort of appeal as a crossword puzzle or like a word find where it is kind of a simple to understand difficult to master uh type of of like brain teaser type gameplay Mm uh has got pokemon in it uh the thing that amuses me the most about the pokemon overlay on this game Mm -hmm. is how irrelevant it is and how many things are in the game that make it feel like maybe it could have been relevant and they just chose to not make it so yeah it's just flavor Mm -hmm. in this case Uh, yeah because one of the most obvious things that stand out is that there's no like type advantages um when you do the story mode or the campaign mode uh whatever you want to call it uh you have three Pokemon to choose from, and so does the opponent. And, like, choosing... It does not matter at all right. which Pokemon you choose. So, yeah, it just it seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, just to have, like, another layer of... It would... I think there's there are a lot of potential things that could have gone on with that. But, like, type advantage specifically would have been... Uh, well, maybe the easiest choice, also the worst one, because you it would just end up being a binary, like, which thing do you choose against each thing? Well, like, there would just be a correct answer. I don't know about that, because... Uh, I mean, sell me on it, but... <laughs> I, I think, that depending on how you do, you balanced it, like, uh, like, what the type advantage you could do, I think, could be that if you have a type advantage against the other person, that person... Uh, like the blocks are more resilient that you drop on them and they are harder for them to break down, mm-hmm. I think uh, would work. And uh, I think it, it, it could be like a baked in difficulty selection, like uh, like which if you pick a Pokemon with a type advantage, it's like hard mode or with a disadvantage, it's like hard and with advantage is easy kind of a thing is how I was imagining it. Yeah. And I mean, that tracks. My problem is that like there would be no... They would have to, one, remove the existing difficulty level in order to make it even relevant. That's what I'm proposing. Yeah. And then second would just... It it would have to tell you, essentially, like... I I feel like a lot of the things that this game does, which I'll get into a bit as far as, like, how it is structured and how the difficulties work, would cease to function entirely if that was your difficulty selection. Um, And... 
I, I don't know. Like, I think the knobs are not in the right place for it. Like, mm-hmm. you would have to be like, because if you make it a mechanical difference where, like, if you drop a fire-type block, they have to clear two things using their grass-type Pokemon in order to break it, mm-hmm. then suddenly you're going like, well, that is in itself a different difficulty than the speed of the blocks, right. which is already what the difficulty sort of governs. Uh, in addition to the AI thing, so you'd have to change how that all works. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the, how it is implemented now. I feel like it's kind of pointless. Yeah, uh, but I, they had to do something in order to work the Pokemon in. Because mm-hmm. right now, all it does is change what pictures in the background and what noises it makes when you get when you send things to the other opponent's right. side. Yeah, so it does feel like shallow. Mm-hmm. Um. But you bring up the sound effects, and I actually really like the implementation. Like, they get annoying hearing them over and over again if you play for a while. But I I like their really effective audio cues. Mm -hmm. And uh, that you know exactly what's coming your way. If you hear the Pokemon keep saying its name, you're like, oh, fuck, here comes a giant block (laughs) to land on me. Like, it, it lets you know at least a little bit what the other player is doing or the AI is doing without having to look at it yeah at their at their board uh and it's i think it's also especially fun in multiplayer because you you know that the other person knows what's coming before Mm -hmm. before it hits them which can be uh funny yeah as a watching as a third party which i don't think until literally one hour ago i've ever done in my entire life Mm -hmm. uh it is interesting to me, one, how successful they were at making the computer opponents look like real people when they're playing. Like, there's this hesitation and sort of, like, uh, tr- decision-making that you can sort of sense going on. Like, the it is artificial, but it is, like, done in a way that makes it seem real, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was actually impressive. And then also just the utter wasted effort that that represents, <laughs> because you do not look at the other. Like, you could play this game with half of the screen covered up, mm-hmm. and it would not matter at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they just it was just easier to do it that way somehow. Like, uh, I, I, I'd have no idea how you'd program an AI <laughs> like that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny um, because sometimes, though, when you look at it, it's just, like, obviously handicapped Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like lazily moving the cursor around and like not doing anything right (laughs) so yeah if you pay close attention to the ai you're like wait a minute uh which can be yeah i also don't think i had really ever watched someone else play uh, until today Mm -hmm. i noticed similar things yeah it's hard to take notice of what's going on on the other side of the screen because there is so much happening at once uh I mean, I guess depending, there are certain times like when you have downtime uh, where you have like, you've just cleared everything and you're waiting for more stuff to come up. Mm -hmm. And like the rational thing to do would be to speed it up and move it. But you don't necessarily have to do that. You can kind of sit. Right. Uh, Which is like, I don't know. I I have not played enough of these games in order to know what the actual optimal strategy is. If you just want to continuously make as much chaos as possible for the other person yeah you want to you don't want to like wait on it you want to like bring more blocks up so you can drop more stuff on the on the right other because that's just if you're taking downtime that's more time for them to clear what's already on piled on top of them right so i not like 
That would be the only time, though, that I think that you would have, like, a reasonable amount of time to look oh, and yeah. see what the opponent is doing. Right. Otherwise, you're just sort of staring at your own board without without any difference. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very easy-to-pick-up and difficult-to-master kind of game. Uh, and if you go into, like, some of, like, the little modes that they have, they, like, try to teach you the more advanced techniques. And... I remember always doing it as a kid and it seeming like stupid hard to be able to do any of the stuff they like try to teach you to do. And like some of the stuff that the AI does when you play against it on the higher difficulties and they're like stringing all these like huge combos together. And it's like, how the hell are they even mm-hmm. like, how can you keep all that these moving parts in your head? And so I wanted to compare it to like the world ends with you a little bit. It's not a great comparison because you're not like splitting your attention between two screens, but it feels like it's on that level of, like, are people actually able to, like, execute this kind of stuff? Like, I've never looked up any videos of, like, high-level Pokemon Puzzle League play, but I'm sure it's ridiculous. Well, yeah. And it just it seems so hard to, like, all these setups that are possible. Yeah, I mean, if you... To the answer to every question that begins, are there people who can, yeah. is yes, like always. So there is definitely... There are people out there who are so good at Tetris Attack style games that, like, none of this discussion even means anything to them. And it's one of those things where when you watch somebody play, you see the way that you would play it. Mm-hmm. And then every deviation is just like a stab in the heart to you where you're just like, this isn't, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Why didn't you go for this? Like mm-hmm. no matter how it turns out, it just feels wrong. Um, and those people would feel like they were watching the AI. I'm sure. Like yeah. <laughs> when, when they see somebody who is not as skilled as them. Yeah. play. I just, I wonder how the complexity would land with like the average person, I guess. Yeah. Like to me, the biggest hurdle in this game that I never got used to, um, even like, as far as I know, as a kid, I don't really, rem- I haven't played this game probably since 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, until today. And it's like, the thing is, the the difficulty for me comes from see, the length of time between when you see something incoming and when you're actually able to interact with it. Because there will be times, there are two different stop effects in the game. There's the one where you do a thing that it, that it counts as a any basically anything other than match three. Mm-hmm. If you match four or greater, or if you do a combo, it'll stop the flow of the blocks, but you can still move shit around. And then there's the pause that happens when you clear things where you can't move things. Like it just like, it takes a second and like renders everything popping in mm-hmm. and you aren't able to move stuff around. Uh, and the recognizing when each thing was happening, especially when both things were like occurring simultaneously, made it really hard for me to like be able to plan ahead for stuff. And I just had to like throw shit around. Like I just mashed the A button a lot, waiting for it to see if like yeah. it would actually swap. Yeah, like for me that it it's that kind of game. Like it's uh, not something you plan ahead for. It's kind of like you're, it's testing like your reflexes of like, what can you do with what's right in front of your face right now? Mm-hmm. Sort of a thing. Um, I know you're a plan ahead kind of guy. <laughs> so, uh, doesn't surprise me that, uh, that doesn't like click with you. Yeah. As you said at the beginning. Um, yeah, like for me, this game is a lot like, um, WarioWare or, uh, 
Katamari are for you, where it's just like, I played this so much as a kid that it just, everything feels second nature about it. It's mm. like, of course it works this and that way. Like, it's, just, it's like, it's like, uh, burned into my, uh, my DNA. Right. You have the muscle memory. For yeah. Me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, I think the, the problem that I have is that the game rewards combos more than they do like large uh i don't know they call them chains yeah and i and that makes me want to go for them as like the optimal strategy Mm -hmm. and not being able to like flip things the way that i want or just like have the the block scroll in a pixel earlier than you think they are and just like uselessly clear out three blocks that you didn't want gone right is like very frustrating to me uh and i don't know i don't enjoy yeah. that yeah there's so many pieces on the board and it is hard to keep it all like in mind or it's a what kind of it's a, i don't want to say impossible but it's, i was going to it's option very the term impossible it's, I, i'm sure there are people that can do it though <laughs> as we were just saying like mm. the crazy tetris attack people that i know have to exist mm-hmm. um but yeah no I, I i can sympathize with that um where it gets into that sort of territory for me is with the 3D versions. Um, so, like, I think the the part of this that kept me coming back to it when I was younger is the Team Rocket mode. It's like a challenge mode where you just had to keep doing progressively harder uh, mm-hmm. puzzles or boards, whatever you want to call them. And it gets all the way up into, like, 3D versions. And I, I remember it going on forever and ever. Like, there were, like, a bajillion rounds, and I never, ever beat them all. Uh, I don't remember what round I got to. I could have checked and forgot to. But um, That's true. we had many legacy save files. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they get to a point where they just go so fast and like, yeah, you, you just like want to tear your hair out and be like, uh, how does anybody do this? Yeah. So yeah, there's just like, especially at the 3D ones, you get your your the amount of like workable space you have is smaller because it's wrapped around a cone and you had to turn it to be able to see everything you have which makes it extra difficult yeah the 3d ones you know i want to talk about because Mm -hmm. uh, this is such this game exemplifies a lot of the things that the pokemon franchise is used to do and also even in the main sort of series of games you can see the echoes here where this is a game that Nintendo could have programmed in a weekend for five dollars, uh, and the and in order to but they couldn't just market it as we made a Tetris attacks game, so they put the Pokemon branding on it. This is why we have things like Pokemon fucking mahjong and shit right where they just put a skin over it. it's basically like monopoly where they just sort of put a new franchise on it to sell it to more people mm-hmm. and then also they take something that is old and tired and they put a really unnecessary weird spin on it that doesn't really change anything mm-hmm. but i think that the 3d mode is three i will Fucking mark this down in the annals of history. <laughs> 3D Pokemon Puzzle League is a better variation on the core mechanics than Gigantamax ever was. <laughs> <laughs> because, yes, it is more complicated, and yes, it is a lot harder. Like, mm-hmm. I agree with all of that. But I really like 
the theoretical increase in complexity that it adds, even though what it really is is just a very wide board. Yeah. Now, I like it too. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to give the impression that I don't. It's just it, the the difficulty curve becomes much steeper with it. Like, it is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so, you're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I like it too. And I think the uh, the challenge of it is what, I think captivates me about it or like, cause like whenever I, if I ever revisit this game, I, that's one of the things I want to go for. I'm like, how far can I get in the team rocket mode? How many of those 3d puzzles can I get? Right. Like, can I beat it this time? Uh, I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah. I got up to the 3d puzzles uh, in the rocket mode today, but it wasn't like rocket mode today also is <laughs> rocket mode today. The spa <laughs> yeah. I think is what it is. <laughs> no, rocket mode today is yeah, that's a the... new it's a news program. Uh, I was just saying that's just the name of the spa. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh but they um it's like I don't know how to describe it. It's really interesting because when you're playing in 2D mode, uh aka short mode, mm-hmm. you like you have to keep in mind the patterns. Like, this is largely a pattern matching game where you see, like, clumps of things and you have to recognize, like, when that works. Yeah. But then in 3D mode, you have to... Because it is tran- it's a transparent cylinder, so you can see to the other side, and so you need to know when you've spent too much time in one place so that you can run over and kill any like big towers that are forming. Right. And that's really interesting. I think that that's a good evolution of the game in a way that like 3D chess never really was able <laughs> to do. Yeah, like the way I think like when you really get in the groove of it, like... um. It's about, like, the 3D versions. It's about, like, looking at the clumps, as you say, the pattern recognition, and being able to pick them out, like, immediately, mm-hmm. do a few, and then, like, be kind of be constantly rotating the cylinder. Yeah. Yeah, which is, like, a when you get, like, and I think the rocket mode is actually, like, a really great, gradual, smooth difficulty curve, and, like, when you if you come back to the game, I recommend just doing that, because it starts out, like, dirt easy yeah. and gets super hard. So, it like, it really eases you up to it and once you like and you can get into that flow or you're like meeting the curve like it's super satisfying yeah yeah and like the the 3d ones are really where the the spike is if there is one because it's like those are the ones where the complexity changes so you have to get used to a new thing Mm -hmm. but then once you do yeah it continues to increase in difficulty like ever so slowly uh in a way that i think works really well if your focus is on Having a gradual, consistent curve, mm-hmm. the rocket mode is absolutely really good. Like it's super precise with how it it it, it works with that. They yeah. just have a lot of numbers they can increase. Yeah, you f- you really feel it um, getting harder in that mode, but in the way that like the campaign mode doesn't. Like mm-hmm. it, it like it can feel really random, uh, where you'll you'll, which it almost makes me think it has adaptive difficulty. Because there will be, like, you'll fight somebody, like, three times in a row and get stomped, mm-hmm. and then you'll try it a fourth time, and you'll win in, like, 20 seconds because, like, the AI went to the bathroom or something, <laughs> and, it, and it just, yeah, it just seems like it happens sometimes. It's really weird. And it's kind of, it's honestly, like, to me anyway, is, like, a little bit discouraging when you win after, like, several fights in a row, 
and the, you look at the other and it just looks like they just didn't bother. oh yeah it feels like a gimme yeah and it might be because like <laughs> the game i assume is targeted at children true yeah and the game so i wanted to, i wanted to go into this uh and i feel like this is as good a place as any to do it mm-hmm. when you finish the game on any given difficulty uh up until i mean i don't know does very hard have its own like clear message i don't really know i know i've actually never beaten it on very hard which is something i never really realized or thought about like i thought i'd beaten the game on the hardest difficulty but mm-hmm. apparently i haven't and i know after you beat gary you fight mewtwo he's uh... actually the puzzle champion that they mention um and i think you do hit he has like a 3d uh Chal- of course uh battle against him and i don't know what happens when you beat uh him <laughs> But yeah, it's probably nothing too crazy. Oh yeah, it's not like it's w- worth it. No, really. yeah. What what I'm saying more lo- is more like if you look at the way that the difficulty is structured, they chop levels off the end of each mm, yeah. one uh, in order to like it's just like a short. It's basically if you've played like a 2D fighting game from the 90s, the fucking arcade towers. It's like easy mode is like six opponents, and then medium is eight. It's the same concept. Yeah, I think it's they remove one mm-hmm. for each difficulty. Yeah. Uh, uh, but what happens is you get to the end of it, and it's like, here's your unsatisfying victory that seems out of nowhere and we didn't warn you about. Mm-hmm. Try playing on the next difficulty level. Yeah, it's like they didn't account for it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there, there isn't, uh, like, some changed dialogue. Uh, like, because who's the last person on normal difficulty? Was It was just, like, I think Bruno. Was, yeah, Bruno, yeah. and then it just ends. Lorelai isn't like, oh, like, the your final battle will be next. Or, <laughs> you know, they don't add in any text like that. It just abruptly ends. Yeah. Which is, it's especially, if you're, like, an enfranchised Pokemon player, which, if you're 29, you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know that the Elite, has a number that comes after it, and that number is goddamn four. And they're just like, yeah, Richie, who isn't on the Elite Four, but the next two are, and Lorelai, okay, that's two. Bruno, who's the fourth one? Game over. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the inclusion of Richie just because I watched the anime and I know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my animal brain there. It's just like, I, I, I remember. Um, but, uh... It is weird when you think about it. Like, why are Lorelai and Bruno there, but, like, Agatha and uh, uh, Blaine? No. Yes. Why am I no, blanking? No, Lance. Lance. Jesus. Um, and Lance aren't. It, it. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird when you stop and think about it. And why does Gary come back at the end? Well, like to be the champion or whatever. But he, sure. he isn't in the context of this, but I think that we're splitting hairs at this point. <laughs> Like all I want is consistency <laughs> in my puzzle league championship run. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's very strange, and they I feel like the far be it from me <laughs> to criticize the narrative <laughs> of Pokemon Puzzle <laughs> League on the Nintendo sixty four. Uh huh. But here it comes. <laughs> Well, here it was. All of this is me complaining that I didn't know when the game was going to oh, end yeah. because it did not grip me with its with its narrative. <laughs> it's super weird. Like, as far as I know, all of the cutscenes that exist in this game may as well have just been re-edited shots from the show. 
They could be. I don't think that they are. Like, I think they actually produced them for the show. Mm-hmm. But it's like a grand total of like three minutes of material. <laughs> That's even probably I mean, too high. Yeah, yeah I, it depends. I guess like maybe pure time, but like animation scenes. Like, there's that part where Professor Oak is just on a television, right? <laughs> like, but uh. Yeah, I still like that in the inclusion of that though, and that they got all the voice actors. Like, yeah, it, it yeah, it really makes it feel like a Pokemon game and not just like a, a reskinned, mm-hmm. unrelated puzzle game. And we've we've talked about Pokemon Snap. Like, I said some maybe uncharitable things about Pokemon the franchise <laughs> being just like sort of slapped over shit it didn't need to be on, mm-hmm. but like. We still like the games. Oh, like yeah. we, it works on us, even mm-hmm. if it is like maybe a little bit malicious. Yeah, but they put in the effort to make it like a, an actual Pokemon themed game, even if it doesn't like live up to. I don't know. I don't even know if I had expectations for yeah. this. Um, I just wanted Ash to fucking match some blocks <laughs> up. Damn. Um. But yeah, this game is incredibly nostalgic to me. Um, not just because I played it as a kid, but yeah, just because it it feels like the Pokemon anime. Mm-hmm. And another way that it really like brings that home for me is that it uses the music from the TV show. Uh, there is a CD that they put out called "To, to Be, Be a Master," numeral two, letter B. Yeah, a master, and uh, it had like the soundtrack to the show, like all the music from it, and uh, they've done like MIDI versions of the songs, uh, and. I I just fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. I want to have an argument uh, that has no substance to it because I fucking hate it. Uh, but it is like purely a matter of opinion, I guess. Mm-hmm. It just feels very like I'm I'm 100 percent that it had to have been like a technical limitation. They couldn't just have the actual music. Yeah. Right? The full lossless audio or whatever they would need mm-hmm. on the N64 cartridge without like making a bunch of other concessions. Yeah. Uh, so it makes total sense that I'm not against it, but I do hate hearing it like the MIDI music to me harks back to this era of just like cheap like very early internet content and like just i there is a nostalgic element to it and i don't i don't think i don't think that is worthless i just like don't enjoy listening to it really Mm. and i listen to shit like i listen (laughs) to music that doesn't even sound like it was recorded in a professional studio yeah i also don't know how to have any kind of a substantive (laughs) debate about this because like I fucking love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and probably will find the soundtrack on YouTube and add it to my YouTube playlist (laughs) and just listen to it uh, while I work. So I will say there are definitely some cases (laughs) though, where the MIDI version of some of these songs are definitely better than the original versions because they don't have bad lyrics. Exactly. Yeah. But like some of those songs though, do kind of slap. Yeah. The uh But yeah, the words are so dumb. Yeah. Well I mean that's just that's traditional Pokemon. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Media produced for kids in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it, it was a very weird time because I feel like we as I mean, we've talked about this in regard to a bunch of stuff before mm-hmm. where things were made for video games and they were like a video game style and they weren't compared two things that of the same type whether that be music or writing or art or anything that 
we would talk about outside of the world of video games. It was a separate thing. Mm -hmm. And now in 2021, they aren't like (laughs) people will listen to a soundtrack for a a video game on shuffle in between songs by the killers and shit. Like Mm -hmm. it just is a thing now that people make music that is good music, regular full stop pop music for video games and they didn't before. Right. And the so there's definitely an element of that to it, where this music is music that was made for the Pokemon anime and was marketed for kids, and they just went like, fuck it, I'm on the road to Viridian <laughs> City. And you're like, hell yeah, they said Viridian <laughs> City. I know where that is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, like, now I just kind of, like, look back and go, like, they sure were on the road <laughs> to Viridian City. There's no metaphor. <laughs> they met their friends along the way. That is what happened. Come on, let's play. <laughs> I'm coming around. I I love it now. It's <laughs> It's one of those things like it feels like it's it it hits that like bad movie appeal where it's like it it's so earnest. Like they're trying so hard to like mm-hmm. make something like cool for kids and it's just like looking I mean it worked as yeah. a kid. I I liked that CD I had the a lot. CD, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, looking back on it now, it's like, oh God, like you feel embarrassed. Like I, I think about like, how would you like to be the guy that sang that song? It's, the it's guy like, who did you, the you, poke rap? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you, you, you go like on a date with a girl and you're just like lamenting, <laughs> like if it goes well, like the time that you're going to have to show it to her. I mean, we may have come full circle on it at this point. Like... <laughs> Or maybe he's proud of it. Yeah. I would hope that's the case. Like, imagine right I'd be now, embarrassed, though. <laughs> to anyone who owns a physical copy of To Be A Master, uh, which I have to enunciate that way, it just doesn't work. To Be A Master, yeah. yeah. Uh, imagine that you have a physical copy of that. Do you put it on a shelf? Because when somebody comes over, they go, oh, my God, like, I remember that from when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And it's cool for a minute. It's a talking point. It's an icebreaker. Yes. Or do you hide it under your bed (laughs) (laughs) or throw it away? Because, like, I don't think it's embarrassing anymore because it has made the rounds. But if you got it when you were 13 and then were 16, (laughs) you would put that shit somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, there's no reason. Yeah, I put that shit on the shelf Mm -hmm. because, yeah, it's a thing you liked when you were nine right i can set this shit up next to uh next to one dollar moda yeah and... <laughs> it's it's something that you liked when you were nine and you totally don't like anymore <laughs> what are you talking about wink <laughs> uh that's that is that we've we've breached my full list of things to talk about me too all right perfect so do we have cylindrical thoughts? Um, my cylindrical thoughts are, uh, this is a big nostalgia one for me, a uh, big nostalgia pick that we do on, on especially Pocket, it seems, every once in a while. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's one of those ones I played enough as a kid that I didn't come back to it. I'm like, oh, I'm so surprised at what I found. Uh, now, it's it's exactly how I remember it. Um I probably put way too much time into this. And it's weird because 
This isn't the kind of game I usually get like super engaged by. And I really do, like, thinking back, feel like it's just the Pokemon branding <laughs> that did it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, like, a weird case for me. But, like, I really like, I really enjoy this game. And uh, while we have the N64 plugged up, or hooked up, I'll probably play a bit more of it. Um, <laughs> see if I can beat the Team Rocket mode and beat it on very hard. Uh, I can put the game away and never touch it again. <laughs> uh, but... I know that that won't be the case. You can put the game in that big pile you have that says <laughs> games I have conquered. Yeah, it's about like every like eight or so years I'll, I'll, I'll get the itch for some Pokemon Puzzle League. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, this is just a rose-colored one for me, so uh, I, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, fully agree on the nostalgia thing. This is a game that I have... The last time I played this game my ass was on some low pile basement carpet uh at my mom's house uh and it's big to to come back to these things because it does really like it gives you a real shot in the arm of like oh fuck like this is like i this is exactly how i remembered it because this game is exactly what it says on the tin it is the pokemon version of a match three puzzle game um and I don't know. I said a bunch of shit on this, and it is it is a Pokemon game that absolutely does not need to be a Pokemon game, but also totally needs to be a Pokemon game in order f- for people to play it. Uh, and I don't think it's bad, and I don't dislike it. It's an enjoyable game for what it is. Uh, it's just what it is is very shallow. Uh, if you're already very good at Tetris attacks, this won't do anything to switch it up maybe the 3d mode Mm -hmm. that's what i'm really interested in looking up like very high level 3d mode play (laughs) uh but i don't know it's it's an interesting time capsule and uh one of the games and we're going to be talking eventually on the main podcast about another one of these uh it's one of those games that yeah you come back to and you go like i'm really glad that we do this podcast sometimes because it allows me to spend the afternoon playing Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah. And just just really enjoying the the memories of fucking great popsicles and hugs. <laughs> and the road to Viridian City. <laughs> the road to Viridian City. <sighs> Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we hopefully talking about <laughs> next time? <laughs> Next time, barring any other uh, host, hostly misdeeds, uh, <laughs> we will be talking about Phasmophobia to go along with our main episode on Ring Fit Adventure. Adventure. <laughs> this really fucks up. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're the only ones who have a concept of the idea that we try to theme the pocket episodes to go along with the main ones if we can yeah if we normally because we only do it when it seems like a convenient thing when we think about it far enough in advance and nobody will ever recognize it because there isn't actually a pattern yeah yeah (laughs) and we never mention it on the cast so uh but anyway that's what we're going to be talking about next time if you want to hear us talk about it for three more seconds, listen to our entire last episode of Pocket on ooh, Downwell. Was there one in between? I've forgotten. A short hike. Yeah, it was a short hike. Yes, yeah, so listen to the short hike episode. Uh, 
Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our YouTube, our Discord, uh, iTunes, Google Play. You can find all of our old episodes there, including episodes on Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle 2. And Harvest Moon. And Harvest Game Boy Moon. Color. <laughs> yeah. uh, as well as, you know, puzzle games. Monument Valley. Yeah. That is one. <laughs> we you can go way back and listen to Catherine and hear Andy say <laughs> it was like watching a baby play the game. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yep. Smash that like button. <laughs> yeah, that's super funny to look back on. What was very uncomfortable to be in the room. <laughs> Like how much Catherine frustrated you. Mm-hmm. It was. It, I mean, it was accurate at the time. It still would be accurate if I played it again, but I will not. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>